and welcome to a special bonus episode of Cartridge Cinema Club. Today, uh, we're going to talk about our favorite games that we played this year, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2020. Um, I, I think uh, it's it's going to be kind of loosey-goosey as far as, uh, as, far as structure. Um, we were just talking about how... Um, Cartridge Cinema Club is is a very structured show. Um, maybe it doesn't necessarily appear that way uh, when you listen to it. I, I can hear it because 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 we make it that way. But um, but but it's not so much just a very loose conversation. But this is probably just going to be us rambling about games that we like and talking about how we hate Nintendo um, and <laughs> fun shit like that, which we don't usually do on the podcast. So. Um, yeah, and Cartridge, also, Cartridge Cinema yeah. Club is kind of like a pretty low bullshit podcast uh, compared to most like comedy podcasts. I think we yeah. don't like you know <laughs> we don't do like the ten minute bit where we tell a story about going to the grocery store at the beginning of every episode. You know. Yeah, and we always thought we were going to, but just like very quickly into the into our podcast we were like nah let's not do that i yeah i don't know i like it i think the show is snappy i edit the show quite a bit like it i like that it is that way but you know yeah uh it is that uh it is that extremely weird uh purgatory week between christmas and new year's and uh during that time i know that i always appreciate just unreasonably long podcasts uh, oh yeah like 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 yeah, like two hours of friend simulator is like my favorite <laughs> thing to to get me through this. I'm not saying this will be two hours or that this is a friend simulator, uh, but you know, <laughs> all podcasts are kind of friend simulators. A little so bit, a little bit. Got to be real about yeah, that. Yeah, and so if um, you're either uh, avoiding your parents or uh, didn't get to see anybody and you're fucking bored and lonely, uh, you can you can listen to us talk about video games for however yeah. long this goes on. We we don't really know. We're just gonna kind of go and uh, and see where it takes us. Yeah. So um, I was gonna start this off. We we each kind of wrote down three games that we played the most during this weird ass year, where both of us were kind of alone in our separate apartments for most of the year, <laughs> and uh, played a lot of video games as a result. Um, uh, first game I'm I'll, I'll talk about is game that uh, one or two of you may have heard of. Um, <laughs> it's called uh, Super Smash Brothers Project M, uh, which is a game <laughs> that was developed uh, was developed by the, the Project M dev team and unceremoniously uh, canceled in 2015. And But this year or last year, or late last year, Whenever the P plus happened project plus, which is like the first patch that the game has received since 2015 in a major type of official release yes. type of way. Do you want to, do you want to do a little project M context for people who don't, who don't know? <laughs> sure. I know? We talked about PM a little bit in the, in the subspace emissary episode, but yeah, right. uh, the, the, I, I have to do this all the time, so mm -hmm. the absolute most quick and dirty is Super Smash Bros. Melee was a very uh, popular, fast-paced, competitive game. The sequel to that game, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, was a kind of a disappointment for a lot of people who like Super Smash Bros. Melee. Project M is a mod of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Uh, that adds tons of mechanics, but also ge the general gist of it is that it makes it play more like Melee did. Um, mm -hmm. Project Plus is a community balance 
patch uh, that has sort of uh, gained some popularity in the PM community within the past year or so. Um, obviously, I could talk about Project M all goddamn day because <laughs> I'm making a fucking documentary about it. And I think when that documentary comes out, uh, we'll just do a Cartridge Cinema Club episode about it. Yeah. We'll just talk about PM. Um, so I'm going to shut up and just let you talk about PM from this point forward. Um. So my take on on PM, I always loved PM from a casual standpoint, but uh, didn't really. Uh, I I I I boot it. I I I have you know an SD card and a Wii, and I boot it old school. Um, and I would do that every once in a while uh, in like the Smash Four days, like uh, on a whim when I would get bored of Smash Four and wanna and think about a world where Smash Four was good, and that was that was Project M to me at the time. But I still played Smash Four because that's what all our, all my friends played. So I didn't <laughs> yeah. really play enough of it to have any opinions about it until this year, where um, most of this year I had a roommate, uh, and and my roommate, uh, I I remember telling him about PM, and he was like, yeah, maybe maybe I'll play because he was an ultimate player, um, and uh, he's like, maybe I'll try it out, and I was like, yeah, they just added Knuckles. He was like, what the <laughs> fuck? They added Knuckles how do i download it so he literally like on his own uh up like while i was at work like upgraded my sd card from 3.6 uh to to p plus so he could play as knuckles like while i was at work and i came home to him just grinding knuckles against his cpu he had never he doesn't play melee he he like doesn't care about advanced like movement or or uh, the all the fun all the fun canceling shit that uh, <laughs> that melee has. He just wanted to play Knuckles, so I was like, "Fuck it!" I finally have like a sparring partner to play Project M against. So we played Project M like every day for like three months, like probably like an hour a day, maybe not exactly that much, but it was like many hours a week playing PM and me really sinking my teeth into this game. And I came away with the opinion that. Unless you're, like, really, really into Melee, like, you're trying to get wins on the top 100 players, you're, like, fucking, your dream is to, like, be at Summit or something, or you're, like, streaming and you're grinding Slippy all day. Unless you're, like, one of those people who, like, probably plays, like, Fox or, like, is really obnoxious about the fact that floaties are hard or has, you know, has those opinions. If you're one of those people... I get it. But if you're not specifically one of those people, there's no reason why you shouldn't think that PM is the best Smash Brothers game. Yeah. Like, I, uh, unless you're, like, a specific stickler for every – unless you're, like, Hacks Money making 20-minute videos about the weird mechanics of ASDI down, like, PM is the best Smash game. It just is. Yeah. I don't – yeah, I, I mean, unless, it was, oh, it's what you were saying yeah. with, uh, like, with your roommate and how he just, like, immediately, like, started playing and just immediately was in it. Immediately, like, laving combos. Immediately, like... Yes. And and that was one he of the was reasons... laving throw combos. Yeah. And, like, literally, we came from Smash Ultimate. We used to play Ultimate every day. And, like, Ultimate has, like, no... It has... Okay, it has some combos. But you know what the fuck I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like... It, Hey, he was just labbing. And he was like, oh, fuck, I can do this at a down throw? Oh, fuck, his, his super punch reaches below the ledge when I... And I, I was just, he just became a nerd immediately because 
because it was a fun casual yeah, and game. that was always the magic of it was that yeah. it was it was a more accessible game than melee was like that's yeah. the reason it yeah. was it was so popular back in the day before you know uh <laughs> like nintendo fucking crushed it beneath their boot was yeah. it, like it was it was like on the path to being a more popular game than melee was because mm-hmm you can pick it up and play it in a way you just simply cannot with melee that game is archaic you know in a way yeah, that pm and, isn't oh uh, yeah and there's the thing of like melee will never melee can't seem to shake and probably will never shake the idea that like oh there's only three viable characters which is you know it's not true but it is true that if you go to like a local everyone's playing Fox, Falco, Martha, Sheik. Yeah, like, you're going to play, you're th- going to fight those matchups a lot. Like you, people play yes. Samus, people play Luigi, <laughs> but like, you're going to, if you want to play melee, you better like fighting Spacey's and Martha, Sheik and Falcon, so, you know? So like me getting into melee, I eventually did get into melee as well th- through project M. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, I, I can, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can play melee Marth. Um, now in Melee Chic pretty decently. I, I can kind of play Fox, but whatever. The, the point I'm trying to say is, like, it, initially when I picked up Melee, I was, like, very disheartened because I didn't like playing as Falco. I didn't like playing as Marth. I didn't like playing as Fox. So I was like, well, I don't know. I, I kind of like playing as, like, Samus or whatever, but she's, like, kind of a mid-tier that people don't like fighting against. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and also, I'm not that good with her. And also, she's so slow, and she gets fucking destroyed by all the good characters. Um, so it was just disheartening. But then when I picked up PM, I was like, oh, I can just play whoever because everyone's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And, like, and not only that, it, it was just the the freedom to pick any character and know that they were going to be pretty good and could fight the top tiers is one really amazing thing. Yeah. And this is also the case with Smash Ultimate, um, which I think is a good thing about Ultimate. But the thing that separates, you know, Ultimate and PM being the two, you know, big cast popular Smash games is like you play Ultimate and every character plays exactly the same. Like, like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like every character has one like up throw combo. Yeah, they, I mean they they literally like normalized all of the movement frames for every yes. character in Ultimate. Like yeah, that was char- a big yeah, thing that exactly. made characters feel different in Smash before was when you played Bowser, it took longer for him to jump because he's a big heavy guy. And Ultimate, yeah. because it's a game with a hundred fucking characters kind of needs to smooth that out in order for yes. the game to be possible to balance and also to play yeah it's it's a design decision that i like agree with uh in terms of what they needed to do but it also just smooths out the characters so mm-hmm. that like if you i mean I, i've watched a lot of ultimate streamers and like so many of them will say something along the lines of and if you watch them you know that they'll say this is like why would you play incineroar when you can play bowser why mm-hmm. would you play uh, why would you play Diddy when you can play Wolf? Uh, and people say that shit all the time because the, the those two characters are functionally identical besides like aesthetic differences because their jump squats are the same. But you're just at that point comparing like, oh, these two have the same running speed and their fare is disjointed. So like, why wouldn't you pick the one of those who also has a good recovery? And it's just like PM's not like that. Like. Any two characters in PM are completely different from each other. Like, yeah. it's it's really impressive. Like, fucking Marth and Roy 
in PM as like astronomically different totally play styles. Totally different dudes. Yeah. You, I, I can play Marth really well in that game, but like I, I it took, it was, com- it was a complete learning exercise, even trying to L cancel with Roy at that point. But in melee, it's like similar enough. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's interesting with me. Cause like with melee, it's like, there is this sort of beautiful simplicity to melee. And I, I like that about melee. You know, obviously it's a very com- complicated game, but the fact that like, you're really generally going to fight like these eight to nine characters. Probably it's like, all right, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get really, really good at doing these things. Um, mm-hmm. And for some people, that's really fun for me. That's really fun. I like melee for that. I think that's a cool, fun thing about melee is just like, we're going to play Fox Falco for seven hours and get so good at it. <laughs> yeah. um, but with PM, it's like, I'm going to walk into this tournament and who the fuck knows what I'm going to run into. I got to learn how to adapt on the fly because nobody in my region plays Donkey Kong. So fuck (laughs) now I'm playing this Donkey Kong player and I got to be ready, you know? And, and that's, that's fun and exciting and people get that from smash ultimate, but project M I think is a, uh, is a deeper game mechanically. Uh, and, and so even though there's like 40 something characters compared to ultimates, fucking 90 whatever crazy characters that they have like there's so much depth to each one of those 40 characters that it it, uh, yeah pm's fucking good obviously i like project m a lot i said i was gonna shut up but i can't obviously no it's (laughs) it's it's the best one it's just it's the best match game it's it's melee but what if it was more accessible and what if it had a bunch of crazy characters and everyone was good yep that's that's project m yep and it rules (laughs) It's it yeah. Is. Play PM. Play yeah. Like the the other thing is like if you're like an ultimate player, like play PM. You don't like if you're an ultimate player and you're like I don't like melee or I don't want to try PM because I don't want to learn how to wave dash or like I don't want to. It's like you don't play fucking DDD yeah. or some weirdo character. Play a cool weird floaty <laughs> like Zelda. L- literally my literally <laughs> my roommate still does not know how to wave dash. You don't need to. He he's still like like beats me like a like a quarter of the time yeah it's... you can you can get far in pm like just f- focusing on like you know spacing and being good <laughs> you know you, yep. you don't have Absolutely. to be the fucking tech skill monster uh with like compared to like in in melee like if you want to be if you want to play a character that and that doesn't require a lot of tech skill your option is jigglypuff you know <laughs> yeah you, you have one option and everyone will, and everyone like, will be mad at you if you play it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, okay. All right. Uh, you want to move on? Anything else you want to say about PM? No, let's, let's continue the fuck Nintendo train. (laughs) It's going to be a long fuck Nintendo train. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, my, my number three, uh, game of the year is, uh, Mario.exe. Hell of a thing. So if you're not aware of what this is, um, at some point, I believe at the be- around the beginning of this year, there was a massive uh, data breach hack of Nintendo servers, uh, during which like a huge amount of like Nintendo archival uh, like material, uh, like f- like files, development files. Uh, were just straight up stolen by hackers from Nintendo. Um, and one of the things that happened as a result of this uh, is that they had they got the source code for Super Mario 64. So so I ha- so a homie of mine sent me a Google Drive link. 
Or Which I you then sent to me. Yeah. Or I downloaded Mario.exe, which is a native PC port of Super Mario 64. Like, this is not like you're running an N64 emulator on your laptop and your laptop is tricked into thinking that it is an N64 and that it runs a ROM of Super Mario 64. <laughs> this is your shitty laptop is natively running Super Mario 64 in widescreen. Yeah, at like 1080p. It's, oh my god. I played this with an Xbox controller, and it yep. was the first time I ever felt compelled to get 120 stars in Super Mario 64. Because, I don't know if you've gone back and played a, an N64 game recently, but that controller is dog shit. Listen, it's torture. Somebody had to walk the plank and put out the first analog stick, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know it was it's, it's just it the, was gonna the, be bad god even even like the the the, the playstation when they put out the dual shock it's like it was just the like you know you could just see a world where that was the first one and and they had to do a really shitty one but they had they had the r&d of nintendo taking the plunge <laughs> yeah um and so it's very funny that this uh this came out in the same year that nintendo wanted to charge you 60 dollars to play this to play a worse <laughs> version of this game literally right, than this right and like I, I, I i'm gonna talk about this more uh throughout uh, as we get to my number one as well but yeah. uh, <laughs> this like to me this is really such a demonstration of just how destructive like the loss of public domain is to like uh -huh. culture because like to me right like super mario 64 should just be on every pc like solitaire like it should just it should yeah. just come downloaded on your smart tv by default like super mario 64 in is a game is like a, a is a work of great cultural significance like like mm so much of what video games became in the past two decades is can be found like in in like a in like a fetus form you know in super mario yeah. 64 right it's like fucking tetris yeah like well it's 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 more probably more important than tetris yeah honestly and, it, and it, it's like it reminds me of the time that like um me me and my girlfriend at the time were like we want to watch Seinfeld. How do <laughs> yeah. we watch Seinfeld? And like, it's to me, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, well, Seinfeld is like, it, like you can't understand any sitcom that was made in the past couple decades. If you don't understand Seinfeld. Right. And like the techniques developed by Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. And so Anybody, any aspiring artist who wants to study the craft of television should be able to easily access for free Seinfeld. You should be able to have it. Any person <laughs> that wants to design video games should be able to immediately have Super Mario 64 at any time. But because of capitalism uh, and because literally the Disney... I don't know. I'm going to just say this in case people maybe don't know this. But like... Th like Public domain was supposed to be, like, you put something out, and then, like, a decade later, anybody can make anything with that intellectual property. Like, it's it's a, over. Mm -hmm. And over the, over the past 100 years, the Disney Corporation has repeatedly uh, thrown 
millions of dollars of litigation money uh, at making sure that uh, that time gets extended over and over and over again. Uh, you know, pass, uh, the, it's, you know, the time passed the death of the original creator of the work. So, you know, they want, they don't want to lose Mickey Mouse and, you know, they don't want people to be able to make cool punk rock Mickey Mouse shit. Epic so, Mickey three on its way. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they have sued the, sh- you know, they have, they have litigated and litigated and litigated to make sure that you can't do that. And that's why you can't fucking just install super mario 64 on, yeah. on chrome immediately you know yeah, D- disney has single-handedly made it so that this is not the case yeah um, but nintendo's obviously very happy about it yeah and, yeah and nintendo uh loves this shit nintendo uh is is nintendo loves that some good old anti-consumer bullshit um yeah, I don't think uh, I, I think we'll talk more about that later. So I think it's uh, I think we can move on. Mark, what is your what is your number two on the uh, game of the year list? I would say my number two is probably the the most unique on this entire list because um, uh, it's a triple A major studio game mm-hmm. uh, for the PlayStation Four. Um, I played a lot of Horizon colon Zero Dawn uh, this year which is an open-world game uh, from 2017 uh, about robot dinosaurs. Listen, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to posit that this, besides Breath of the Wild, obviously, this is the only good traditional AAA open-world game ever made, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very strong statement. I'm so excited to hear you try to back this up. <laughs> but, like, okay, Every major open world, and I've played like a lot. I I'm I'm a known Fallout, Bethesda, Skyrim defender, um, which has gotten me in some shit because the games are bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, God, no, no open world game has all three. Like an engaging story that, and that includes like decent voice acting and quests that aren't only fetch quests and boring reasons to populate the map with like a bunch of map bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, also very engaging combat and uh, like worthwhile mechanics that aren't just uh, you loot the dudes that you kill <laughs> in order to get more ammo. And when you kill them, you get numbers that are added to your number bars. Uh, and then when the number bar reaches the end of the number bar, you get a higher number <laughs> and then you and then you plink and then you put a, a a stat point into your your inconceivably large stat tree where once you get halfway into it you are so overpowered that nothing in the game can touch you um so it's boring and that's when you stop but by that point you're already 50 hours into it so no game has those two mm-hmm. and also has a satisfying world to explore with interesting things to look at when uh, interesting reasons to explore the world. Like, like a game like fallout four, which is a bad game that I've played (laughs) hundreds of hours of the combat. I think is pretty decent. I think the combat is strong, but I, you know, I like first person shooters and this is a pretty decent one of those. It's not an RPG. This is not RPG combat by any strain of the imagination it's just a it's just an okay shooter 
uh, but I like doing okay shooter stuff. Um, interesting things to find. Fallout 4, one of the most full of interesting shit to look at uh, open world games ever. Uh, the, 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 the environmental storytelling is very strong uh, in that game. Uh, the story <clears throat> is maybe the worst story ever told in any medium. <laughs> Uh, the story Are you of, really the, gonna say that on this no, podcast? Of course, of course not, not really. <laughs> but the story of Fallout Four, like the main story and also the side quests, are so inane that it makes you never want to pick up a quest ever <laughs> and just explore and shoot stuff and find the vaults and just go down to the vault. So what I'm, I'm laboring on this thing that no open world game has all three of these except for Horizon. Horizon. The fucking combat in Horizon is so good. So you play as Aloy, who is this, um, you know, it's, uh, okay, I should probably set up the game. Uh, it's a post-apocalyptic, it's post-post-apocalypse, which is like, their, <laughs> that was their marketing thing, which is garbage, uh, but it also makes sense when you hear about it. So like the world has ended and every and plants have regrown and taken over the world and the only things there's humans exist, but in very separated sort of tribes, um, sort of across very sparsely populated. Um, and technology uh, is has reverted back to like pre pre colonial type of shit. Um, so you play as one of these people who lives in one of these tribes. So you've got like a bow and arrow and a spear, um, but. The the twist is that there's robot dinosaurs and robot, like, android animals everywhere, like, instead of real animals. Uh, and no one knows why all the animals are machines. I hate when um, that happens. I, I, don't you hate? <laughs> Worst shit in the world. You wake up, step outside, robot squirrel takes your wallet, bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to eat, you're trying to eat this pig, but, like... God damn, he's made of he's made of wires and lenses. How am um, I supposed to make delicious pot roast? <laughs> so like, uh, there, there's like birds and and like goats and stuff. So presumably that's how they eat. But like other than that, every animal is like a robotic killer version of that. Great. And they're getting angrier and <laughs> over the decades, and you don't know why. So immediately you're like, okay, that's a premise. That's a premise that I am willing to. Gotta find out what's going on with those robots. You gotta find out what's going on with the robots. Um, so, so yeah, the story is so fucking good. Like, not only the voice acting, which is which is decent. No, no video game has truly great voice acting, (laughs) but like, it's at least decent. Um, there, you just the the pull of like wanting to know what the fuck happened to the world is so intense. And it, like, really carried me through this entire, like, long-ass, like, action RPG. Whereas, usually, by the time I get two-thirds of the way through an open-world game like this, I'm, like, mainlining the main quest because I want to fucking get it over with. With this, I was, like, savoring every story mission and every piece of expository dialogue. I was listening to every fucking holotape that you find on the ground. I never do that. That, I hate that shit, usually. (laughs) When you find audio logs, like in fucking Bioshock, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't want to listen to this. I just want to play the game. You don't want to listen to a podcast? <laughs> I, uh, no, because... Uh, I, because recorded by... Because I've already listened to a damn podcast. This, thank you. Game. 
Thank you. I don't. This is the only game where I paused my podcast to listen to the cutscenes. You know how powerful that is. Um, goddamn. Um, and just yeah. So so that ties into the world exploration because you know the little like yes, there's like little doohickeys that you find all over the world because it's an open world game and it was designed to waste your time somewhat because they all are. But at least the time wasters in this game they all build upon the central thesis of like finding out what happened to the world. And the personal drive of Aloy is like finding out what the fuck, like who she came from. Cause she's an orphan because it's a video game. Um, but you know, it it's good this time. Trust me. <laughs> but, and just mechanically this is the main thing. And last thing I'll say on this, the combat and the act of fighting these robots is so good. Like, like just first of all like just raw movement wise like she you know how in these games sometimes the movement feels very stilted and you're really only going in the cardinal directions i think i to be honest i think most modern action games to me feel like dog shit (laughs) yes absolutely this is 100 if you've played any assassin's creed in the past 10 years woof (laughs) um (laughs) yeah it's it's this game has you know Decent freedom of movement from the beginning. Um, I always, when I boot up a game, I immediately try to run in a circle and see how like easily it will let me mm-hmm. run in a circle and how, yeah, how one to one that feels. This game, it's like a seven point five out of ten, which is better than mo- most, <laughs> better than most movement. Um, but also like you've got like dodges, you've got a parry, you've got um, you've got really smooth like bow and arrow controls. Uh, but not only that, like the tools at your disposal, um, the way that you tackle each of these robot animals and or dinosaurs is completely unique. Um, any game that has a bestiary is good. <laughs> and by that, I mean, like you have to you have to figure out how to kill each certain animal in a specific way. That shit's cool. You if you're playing even on normal, anything but easy, you will get your shit rocked if you're if you don't know how to fight like the the t-rex yeah i think that's i think that's like a pretty big deal because like i think that Uh one of my one of my problems that i run into with a lot of action games is just like at no point am i being challenged not to just spam the attack button and occasionally run away (laughs) and and when a game pushes you to not do that through its mechanics that it that's that's that is that is designed combat you know (laughs) yeah and almost none of these type of games have designed combat no really don't um but yeah, just the the cool the cool part is like you you have like a scan visor because it's an open world game, um, but like you'll scan an enemy for weak points. But once you kill them, you learn more about them. So I'll scan like a like the tiger thing. Uh, I think it's called a sawtooth or whatever because his teeth are saws. They're robots anyway. I've heard that um, they're robots. <laughs> the animals in the game anyway. <laughs> they're ran- yeah. So you'll scan it and Bummer it'll be about like. That. you'll you'll see like where it's like fuel tank is and you'll know that okay if i shoot the fire if i shoot a fire arrow with the fuel tank it'll blow up but not only that it's like okay but if i shoot off his teeth i can savage them and use them to upgrade my spear because they're robot teeth and they're very sharp um but also when i shoot off his teeth he can no longer bite me when he's alive so you're just picking apart these like dinosaurs using your arrows and, and just damaging them in very specific, tangible ways. 
And it's just so impressive that every single creature, I think there's like 40 unique creatures and every one of them has this mechanic where like you can shoot off parts of its body which now prevents it from doing certain things and you can loot those parts of your body to do specific things or sell or sell them because they're specifically valuable so so is this stuff like is this stuff like procedural in terms of what like the physics like if i like if i like shoot off the leg of like a tiger is it like now running hobbled like <laughs> On the way that it would if it just doesn't have that leg anymore like how is it yes exactly that's fuck that's pretty fucking cool dude it's it's rad there's um there's a there you can shoot the eyes out of out of dudes and then they just literally cannot see you they you can shoot the radar off of a dude and then now he can't sense you on the radar uh and that you can you can shoot <laughs> the invisibility shield generator on a dude and, no, and then he's no longer invisible uh it's uh, the the T-Rex has like five types of weapons on his back and you can shoot the individual weapons off of his back in order to not only prevent him from doing those attacks but bait him into doing the other attacks which are more exploitable uh the taking down a T-Rex will take like 20 minutes of real time it's 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 but it's not even like a like a boss there's no like quote-unquote bosses it's just oh there's a fucking big dude now i have to kill him (laughs) i'm into that yeah it's great that's that's all i got to say about that game it is the best open world game (laughs) um it the the i it makes it it really the combat alone has ruined every (laughs) open world game for me because i just want it to be that Yeah. yeah yeah all right um so I, I guess I'm going to talk about about my number two game here. Um, let me tell y'all. Polar opposite. <laughs> let me tell y'all about a little game called Burnout 2 Point of Impact, parentheses 2002 <laughs> for the Nintendo GameCube, as well as the PS2 and Xbox. Hell of a generation. Uh, the, the year 2000. I'm, I'm, I'm permanently stuck in the year 2002 video game wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, so really it's this game and also Burnout, the first one from 2001, because uh, I 100%ed both of those games for the first time this year. Um, these are games that I was literally like never able to beat as a child like i had both of these games i I, when i played them this year i was playing on the same copies that i had when i was nine um and like this was just a game that required a level of like technical proficiency that i just didn't have at the time um and so this year um back in like may i uh i took a sabbatical uh, from my job and just focused on editing my documentary. And when I finished editing the documentary for the day, I just played burnout for hours. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about burnout. Cause you're probably sitting here and you're just like, Alex, why did you put so much time into a fucking racing game for the GameCube from 2002? Um, let me tell you why <laughs> gather around yeah. children. Um, so let's talk about burnout. Burnout. The, the basic mechanic of burnout is the more you are, the more risks you are taking while you drive, the faster you can go. So if you are driving into oncoming traffic, that is building boost meter. When you're drifting, you're building boost meter. When you get air, you're building boost meter. When you narrowly miss another car, 
you're building boost meter. Um, and so, and so while you are boosting, if you continue to do those things, if you continue to drift and near miss and drive in oncoming traffic, you can just keep the meter going and just keep boosting and drifting and just going so fast. And it feels <laughs> so fucking good. Um, Does it have like a really good sense of speed as oh well? Oh like my it feels God. Fast? It's like the world is just blurring past you. <laughs> like, man, when you, oh my God, man, when you, when you like, hit a drift in this game and it's perfect and you like just slide through that intersection and you just like narrowly miss like three cars and pass the guy that's in front of you and get past the finish line dude it's fucking <laughs> unbelievable in this video game i like okay so like i've like been thinking you know i've been thinking about like what are the things that make me like hyper fixate on a video game um mm -hmm. and like and then like thinking about the games that i grew up playing and like the games that i have like put a lot of time into and it's really just that like i've always been so fascinated with momentum and acceleration in games um and like just slightly putting little touches on your momentum and just moving around in the slightest ways with that fucking gamecube analog stick that is so goddamn precise um you this you've been so specifically into this thing that like all other smash games where if you jump while running and you don't carry your running momentum that like ruins the game for i don't you. i don't like super mario galaxy for this reason yeah because in super mario galaxy when you run and then jump all of your momentum stops and you are now in your jump momentum state in Super Mario 64, you can just keep getting you faster. You go flying. You go flying. And, like, and, like, and, and it's that precision, too. It's that, like, yeah. in Mario 64, when you touch the ground and it's like, I need to tap this A button within, like, three frames to nail this exact most perfect, precise jump that I want. And, like, you know, like, I look back on, like, the games I grew up playing and it's, like, Burnout, Melee, SSX Tricky, Sonic Adventure mm. 2, which I've been playing a lot of in the past couple weeks as well. Yeah. Um, and they're all these games that are built around these like very precise, tight controls and built around speed and built around momentum. Super Monkey Ball 2, one of my favorite games ever, um, mm -hmm. which would have been the, the on older, this list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would, the, that, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say the older Tony Hawk games do that for mm -hmm. me too. Yeah, like, like, Monkey, like Tony Hawk and Monkey Ball both have that thing where it's like, instant restart i you can get yes. right back into it and, and like like you know burnout is hard it's difficult to hit those cool sick drifts you don't just mm -hmm. get it immediately when you first start playing the game it takes time to develop a sense of timing and a sense of spacing in order to hit the sickest fucking drifts uh and and like I feel like that's something that we have like almost completely lost, you know, in games. And I think this is why I spend so much time playing games from like the, the two thousands is like in this era of like HD monitors, which all have like some form of input lag on them and wireless controllers, which all have some kind of input lag. Like you, mm -hmm. you know, you're not in a situation anymore where Okay, you know, back in 2002, I'm making Burnout. I'm making Super Monkey Ball 2. I know the player is going to be playing on a CRT on a GameCube with this controller. 
and so and we can make it so precisely built to that specification and now it's like well we don't really know what controller they're going to be using it might be wireless it might not be uh so we have to like make it fair between wired and wireless and like you lose something to that you lose you lose like i don't know this is something like i i played when i was playing burnout i was playing it on like a crt in my living room with my old gamecube like plugged in and everything and it's just like that ability to sit down and turn on this stupid box and plug in my controller and drive cars fast within 20 seconds is just <laughs> gone. And, you know, like, now we have online multiplayer and we have patches and we have DLC and sometimes those things are kind of cool. But we have, we've lost that. You know, it's just gone. That's just not... That's just not how games are made anymore. Yeah, th- this was a trade that, you know, none of us... Obviously, none of us, like, consented to, but, but the market decided yeah. that this is... These these things such as patches and uh, constant online uh, access are more. I was gonna say more important, more profitable than a game like Burnout. Too. Yeah, a, a game like Burnout that is just about driving cars fast. You know, you can't. There's no brand name cars in Burnout <laughs> Two. You don't. You can't pay for any extra skins for your cars. You can like unlock five of them, and the one of them is like a bus, and you're like, "Holy shit, it's a bus! That's so funny!" You know? Yeah, oh shit, I have a cop car now. You know? It's like we literally probably have like listeners who do not understand that there used to be car games where you don't gamble with your mom's credit card to try to get a Miata. Yeah. Like <laughs> it used to just be just about been shitty like that. It for used so long. to just be about hitting sick drifts, man. <laughs> God. Uh, the old Mario Kart games are like that too. Not that the new one isn't, but the 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 new Mario Kart is the Smash Ultimate of Mario Kart. Yeah, you know, it's just <laughs> like it's it's everything. It's everything put into a blender. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I I every year I am more and more of a boomer about games. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know, man. I remember like I remember when I was like in high school and Assassin's Creed came out. And I had, and I got an Xbox 360, and I played the first Assassin's Creed game. And I remember, like, the first time I was like running around on a rooftop, and it's like you hold forward on the control stick, and y- your guy like jumps across like three different poles and does a backflip mm-hmm. and lands. And I'm like, all I did was hold the control stick forward. You know, when I hit a drift in Burnout. I did that shit, you know? Like, I did that. I hit that. It was hard. And, like, I remember playing Assassin's Creed, and I was like, I don't think I like where video games are going if this is... I I had this exact visceral reaction to Assassin's Creed when I first yep. played it also in also in high school. Yeah, like, especially if you grew up playing platformers. Like, that first Assassin's yeah. Creed, I was like, this is blasphemous. Like, what the fuck is this? This isn't a video game. I, I went, like, directly from Mario Sunshine to that. And yeah. Like, what the fuck am I playing right now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I... I the uh, the things that I like in games uh, are largely things that have been uh, mostly pushed out of AAA game development. And, you know, like, they're still making games like what I'm describing, uh, but I have to fucking get it on Steam and <laughs> download 12 drivers to figure out how the fuck to make my controller work, and then, like... Yeah. And then it doesn't run right on my laptop because I don't have the right video driver. It's like, man, I just want to fucking, I just want to plug my fucking thing into a TV and plug my controller in and fucking drive cars fast. <laughs> it's it's so funny, like 
it's it's funny, sad, but mostly funny, like that we're having this conversation in 2020. Because like, I remember when I first started to notice this, and it was literally it was fucking it was like 2012, like within the first like two months of original game grumps, where like uh, Aaron Hansen, Ego Raptor, you all know him, um, yeah. Probably. Big piece of shit asshole. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> know that, that, sh- that show they did? Ugh. Um, but he was, like, literally having this conversation on Game Grumps where he was just, like, he was, like, I it was 2012, so he was just, like, I want to play a PS3 game where I move the stick and it just does the thing. And there's no PS3 games that do that. And yeah. here we are in PS5, and, you know, gaming has... S- sped full speed in that direction yes we're back to having instant load times if you have five hundred dollars and good luck getting the (laughs) console which is nice there's instant load times in skyrim now i'm playing it on the ps5 it's it's insane um but did you know that 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 snappiness is is gone forever from triple a games it's gone yeah you know yeah it's yeah like those games exist but it's not yeah, and like it, it, and you know, and it's like part of it is like some of that stuff makes games a lot more accessible to people, and so like I, I get like yes. you know, but like it, it sucks how much the space for that type of precision game uh, has has just been lost. You know, um, speaking of I, pre- speaking of precision games, <laughs> I have a game for you. Alex. <laughs> I'm kind of like low key. I'm thinking about it because my partner's really yeah. into these games, so I might. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so this year I finally completed Dark Souls, the the <laughs> first one. Now, it's you know it's been widely documented that Dark Souls is the type of game where you need to read the fucking cliff notes to get into it, um, or you need to play an easier version of it, such as Bloodborne, to get into it. Um, in my experience, I found that to be true. Honestly, I did beat I beat Sekiro and Bloodborne before finally being able to get dark souls like mm-hmm. you the the game it doesn't the game doesn't do a great job of pushing you toward the direction of how to play it uh in the fun way or the cool way or the the sad the mechanically satisfying way um it just you know the the first everyone tries to play as a knight with a shield and a sword which is the worst play to worst way to play that game <laughs> the best way to play that game is maximum dexterity, so you just are fast, light armor, or just completely naked, like a fucking (laughs) weird ghoul wearing a loincloth, and just a big-ass sword that you have specced so that if you, as long as you're naked, you can hold that and still roll as fast as possible. Uh, (laughs) So you're just running and circling around dudes and just fucking playing so fast. But the game, I didn't get that. Until I played a game like Bloodborne that does not give you the option of using a shield. You Mm. either parry by shooting someone in the face within five frames of them hitting you, or you get hit, or you dodge. And all of those things are mechanically interesting and fast and frenetic, uh, unlike holding up a shield, which is, you know, it works sometimes. But, like, if you play the whole game like that, it's boring as fuck. Yeah. I mean, I both, had of, got, both yeah. of us are, are old enough to remember when Demon Souls came out, and like, <laughs> yeah, and like, 
like game reviewers and just kind of people in general were just like what the fuck is this bullshit like this is stupid this game doesn't tell you anything this is dumb what a bad game and now and now like demon souls is getting like a remake on the switch and everyone was like wow demon souls a classic of the genre everybody remembers demon Souls. like it's just it's crazy the the leap that souls games took this decade like that style Mm -hmm. of game took in the past 10 years it's wild it is really, really wild. And um, the reason I, I think I like Dark Souls 1 now the most out of all... I've played all of them at least at least halfway through. I've beaten most of them. But Dark Souls 1 was the first one where it really made any play style viable. There are so many valid gameplay styles. Um, it's like the most mechanically interesting action RPG that I've ever played. And like it's not even close. Like... Like I said, like like that's the fun way to play. But you can also play and you can just not approach. You can pick like magic and only power up magic and heavy armor for the one or two times that someone's going to get close enough to hit you. And you can just spam magic from afar. That so is a completely. So you're saying that you can be a character that uh, stays far away and hits people really hard, <laughs> but if an enemy gets close to you, they can do a lot of damage to you. <laughs> <laughs> what would one call such an archetype? Um, uh, what was the? Oh, somebody replied a really. <laughs> what good one what of the that thing that me. Max said? Yeah, I yeah, Max. Fuck, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, it was like like artillery. Uh, <laughs> fragile trebuchet. <laughs> fra- fragile trebuchet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and you can play as a big ass shield dude, and if you go in that direction. You know, you get to the end game and the game rewards you with the heaviest armor that you've ever seen. And you are so slow, but like your poise is so high that even if dudes are slashing you, you it doesn't interrupt your attack animation. So you can just fucking push through um, there. It, it's it's like a fighting game. I mean, it's cliche. Everything you say about Dark Souls is cliche at this point, because it's probably the most talked about video game of the decade. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it really is like a fighting game in that you you just have to pr- approach a situation like logically and you have to like bait your opponents into doing things and you have to you really you play it to your certain playstyle all playstyles are valid you just have to get really fucking good at the playstyle that fits with you. Um God, Dark Souls is a game of moments it's just the 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 first time you see Ornstein and Smo, and you realize that you have to fight two bosses at the same time, uh, <laughs> is is a moment. Uh, the memorizing the act of running from the bonfire to the boss for each particular boss, uh, getting getting your bonfire run down is really funny and interesting. Uh, because you will die a lot to each boss, so you will you will learn to speed run your way to the boss from each bonfire, from each checkpoint. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's kind of interesting how the the game teaches like speed running habits just by virtue does. of being difficult and requiring yeah. a lot of iteration. Like it teaches you those. Uh, those skills of optimization, yes. those skills of like cutting time down and 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 getting as clean as possible. I would like argue. Th- I would argue that the game like teaches you to break it, like it, which is really interesting. It's it's kind of like you know Mario Odyssey type of thing, where yeah. like uh, 
the, the breaking the game is baked into it and they give you a reward for it um it's just the game is so difficult um that you push back against it until it like starts to break and if you find like a bullshit tactic that works like fucking do it like every time i found like a cheap ass way to kill like a mini boss i was like oh i'm doing this every time now fuck this game <laughs> uh which is just really funny and and like interesting and no other game leans into that they and you know that it has to be intentional because sekiro came out nine years after this and there are still there's still so much cheese in that game there's a way to cheese every one of these bosses that it's not like they're amateurs. They they know how you're going to cheese it, but they leave it in there. And I I admire that um the fucking design of the way it looks is so just lonely looking and and weird and fucked up. It's not just knights and towers like which is why the remake of Demon Souls which I also played and I also loved. The remake of Demon Souls is a little disappointing in the visual department because they you, you again you lose something when you move forward a couple generations and you increase the fidelity uh in that that game no longer looks like weird and fucked up yeah like demon souls has that like kind of like crpg eeriness to it mm-hmm. you know that like shitty 2000s pc game unsettling quality Absolutely. to it yeah yeah and, and dark souls one it, it still has that because it, it was it was made pretty shortly after that the biggest difference between demon souls and dark souls is that dark souls has minus the very end an entirely interconnected world uh like it's a metroid game or a castlevania game and demon souls was just separate levels um and like i you know it's it's it, it's it's so weird talking about dark souls because you've all <laughs> fucking heard all of this but just like the, the moment when you you discover a shortcut back to Firelink Shrine the first time and you're like, oh, there's oh, this game's interconnected. And then you play for like 10 more hours. You've beaten several more bosses. You're so much stronger. And like right at that moment where you're like, fuck, how far down does this go? You you like come across this like secret elevator that again takes you back to Firelink Shrine. And it's like, oh, fuck, there's this door in the game. This door that's that's locked for until you get like to the last third of the game, and you're always thinking, where the fuck does this door go? And you eventually come to the other side of it and unlock it from there, and you and you map it out in your head, and you're like, oh, of course this would lead to New Londo ruins. Like geographically, that's the only place where it makes sense for it to lead, and that's something that you could have figured out before you even got to the other side. You could have. If you're good at like mapping out the world in your head, you would have just already known. Okay, if I open that, if I open that door, that's New Londo ruins right there because that's where it would be. Yeah, that that's crazy because I feel like that's a that's a feeling that I have when I move to a new city. Yes, you know, it's like oh, I came, I went all the way down this way and then came up this block and oh, this is the same area of downtown. Oh, I didn't know that that I could just get there this way. Oh, if I go down the river yeah. this way, that takes me to the same spot as if I go down like 16th. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's fucking cool. That is the exact feeling of when you discover a, a shortcut in Dark Souls. It's it is identical. And that's what just makes it so satisfying because like, God, it's it's a it's a fucking world 
you can live there. <laughs> I lived there for several hours a day for a few weeks, uh, and I learned every corner of that world, and I beat my head against it. And God, that game is 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 really something special. Go watch Nakey Jakey's video called Dark Souls Saved Me um, because that's that's just... That's the only like video about Dark Souls that I think you should watch uh, before you like give it a try because it really, ugh, God, it's 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 an emotional experience uh, playing this game, uh, not just because it's brutally hard, but like the the themes and like I don't know the lore. I don't think most people know the lore, but like the themes are very obvious. It's about like it's. The, the 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 thing I'll end on is that the, the 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 box art of this game is just a dude with a sword and a shield in the US, which is really disappointing and annoying because the box art of every video game in the United States is, is a dude with a, dude. a sword and a shield or a gun. <laughs> yeah. Is a dude a, a dude usually white, usually bearded, uh holding a weapon. Yep. Um <clears throat> but that's not the moments that you remember in this game the the cover of the eu art i think it might be the eu or the japan art is like a dude with his gear set to the side very somberly sitting at a bonfire and that is the feeling of this game like when you're sitting at a bonfire and then the 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 ghosts around you of other real life players in real time like sitting at that bonfire leveling up switching out their stuff just taking that moment before they like travel again into the harrowing dark and without a map, there's no map. You have to figure it out yourself. Uh, is just like that. That's, it's just like something profound. It's just like, you're there with other dudes. It's like, it's like you're in the break room at like your shitty job <laughs> and you're just like looking over at each other and be like, man, another day. But like that <laughs> moment of like peace and like tranquility before you like go out and like face whatever like bullshit you've got going on in your life. Like that's what dark souls feels like. I don't know. It's a cool game. Yeah. Everyone should try it. I, yeah, I've never tried a souls game. And I think, think maybe this, this coming year is maybe going to be the time where I at least give it a shot. Either Um, bloodborne or DS one. You should really try. Yeah. I I think it'd, I think it'd be worth it. Uh, Anything else you want to say? Or I think, I think you summed up what what you wanted to get to. Yeah. I I, I rambled enough. Uh, Yeah. You, Dark Souls is a good video Dark game. Souls Bloodborne's maybe a better video game, but if you don't have the ability to buy a PlayStation, then fuck it. Just play yep. Dark Souls. Yep. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so my number one uh, game, it's kind of two things, but yeah. uh, and, hey, guess what? We're going to talk about Smash more. <laughs> Once again. Um, because my number one game is uh, Slippy and Diet Melee. Yeah. Um, so, this is, um, so briefly, let's explain what both of these things are. So, Slippy, mm-hmm. um, I guess, I guess brief, brief disclosure, uh, <laughs> uh, the creator of Slippy is somebody that I used to work with, and I also helped develop the, uh, terms of service for Slippy, um, so take, so, so obviously I'm biased <laughs> in its favor. Um, but yeah, uh, so Slippy, uh, is rollback netcode 
for Super Smash Brothers Melee, uh, which if you if you don't know what rollback netcode means, that it, just know that it means you can play online Melee and it feels real fucking good in a way it never did before. Um, and Diet Melee uh, is a uh, a texture and uh, model hack for Melee. Uh, that lets it run on the shittiest fucking computers possible. Um, <laughs> so I have been able to play some Diet Melee Slippy uh, on my laptop uh, in the past, like, few weeks since Diet Melee came out. Uh, Slippy's been out, like, for most of the year. It came out, like, during the summer. Diet Melee is, like, brand new. It came out a few weeks ago. I love it. Um but yeah, like, this is kind of similar to what I said about Mario 64, but, like, to an even greater extent for me with Melee, because it's like, to me, Melee is, like, chess or, like, soccer. Like, anybody mm -hmm. should be able to play Melee at any time. Like, I should be able to go to the park and play Melee. You know, like, when you go to the park <laughs> and they got, like, little tables where you can just play chess? I should just be able to go to a park and there should just be a CRT, like, stuck into, like, a little, like, wooden, like a, like a brick wall, and I should just be able to play Melee at any time. Like That's the world that I want to live in. That's, that's Joe Biden's America. <laughs> God no, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is going to. Joe Biden is going to is going to is going to destroy Slippy and Dialem. Melee immediately uh, as soon as he's sworn in. Every household that works forty hours a week should be able to play Super Smash Brothers Melee. Anyway. I mean, it's like you know how like you know how like 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 soccer players call soccer the beautiful game. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about Melee. Like, it's Same. just like, Melee is always going to be Melee. It's always going to be there. It's been there since I was eight years old. It's It hasn't changed since then. I'll always be able to play Melee. I'll always be able to sit down and pick one of those eight dope-ass characters and fucking grind out some bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, like, so, you know, we, we did a lot of ranting on, like, public domain and 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 nintendo uh, keeping their mm -hmm. shit locked down that like melee especially because melee has never been re-released ever uh online play for melee has never existed in official capacity ever um and so the community has had to step in and create those things ourselves and like i think you know, I don't know if I have that much else to say about it. If you want to hear about how good playing Melee is, you can watch a million videos about how fun it is to play Melee. Mm. I fucking mm. love it. Like, I don't know, man. I have a complicated relationship with Smash Brothers, obviously. It's something that's brought me a lot of joy. It's something that's brought me a lot of hardship. Uh, it's, like, kind of been so central to my life for so long that I feel weird about it. But at the end of the day, like, I still really fucking love playing Melee and PM, and I'm just down to... And I, like, getting Slippy and doing that again after not going to Smash tournaments for over a year was just like, oh, right, fuck. There was a reason that I got so into this. I love doing this. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I think I think where I... The only place I really want to leave it is just, like, you know... I, I think that, like, uh, the Smash community and, like, video game modding in general uh, is a great example of uh, uh, just, like, a great way to refute this idea that human beings are only motivated by money, um, which is something that a lot of capitalists believe that, you know, we, we can't have innovation. We wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have... <laughs> Uh, advanced technology at all if it wasn't for people being motivated by capitalism it's like dude like you know you know fizzy has a patreon for slippy 
but it's not like the dude is raking in big bucks to do this. He does it because the community needed it, and he and he could Slippy, do it. Slippy is 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 us mutual aiding him out of get having to get a real yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, and like Diet Melee is literally just like some people stepped up to do that because it's a need that needed to be filled, and now, now like. Diet Melee was created, and now Melee is more accessible to working-class people. Literally. Like, that's beautiful yep. to me, <laughs> you know? Like, I I just, I don't know. Like, it's... There's no community in the world. I, I tweeted this when I found out about Diet Melee. There is no community that loves their game more than the Melee community. Yeah, or the PM it, community as oh, well. Oh, yeah. uh, other, other than the PM. Yeah, other than the PM community. <laughs> but it, it's true, man. Like, it, it's... I don't know. Like... I, I, like... I don't know how exactly to explain that feeling. It's the it, it, it is that the beautiful game feeling. It is that mm-hmm. I should be able to play melee at the park feeling. Like I, I can't quite get at it and what what it mean. It like melee feels like fundamental. Like everybody should be able to play melee. And like this year, that became more possible for more people than has ever been since the game came out. Like, this year, it became so much easier to get into that weird, crazy game and and get online and play with some fucking assholes and just... Yeah. I don't know. Smash is cool, despite everything. <laughs> like, yeah. that's me. It's like me like me sitting down to play Melee in the morning. To, despite everything, Melee is still fun. <laughs> God, yeah. It, it, it's that Undertale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 load up the game, you pick Falco, you pick a level one Bowser and set it to ninety nine lives. Yep. And then you are filled with determination. <laughs> <laughs> you just start doing that shine there and it's just like, oh baby, I'm home. I'm it's, back it's, the, I'm back in the call I'm back in the dorm, man. <laughs> it's never been more accessible for you to go online and get stomp need <laughs> and realize that you're gonna have to put some time into this. So okay, so what I would say what I would say is if you if you want to get into melee or you want to get into PM, get, ha, you need to have a friend that is also yes. getting into melee or getting into PM around the same mm-hmm. time so that you can get better together. Because the best feeling in the world is like w- with these games is sitting down with somebody who's like at your skill level and just playing for hours and just yeah. and getting better with them through playing together. It's it's so fun. One of you is going to be the mango. One of you is going to be the lucky. You you just work hard and you might be the mango. <laughs> work hard and someday you, your best friend might be might make more money off of streaming than you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think that. Uh. I think that kind of wraps it up for me. Is there anything else you want to say? Any honorable mentions to throw out for any games? Um. Honorable mentions. Um. Uh. Fuck Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> uh. I actually. I. I. Uh. I. I. I have. I feel like I have to repent. I purchased the video game. God. I played. Why did you pirate it? Come on, man. Because <laughs> uh, I wanted to play it on my fancy new PlayStation 5 from Sony, which I. A story for another time, but I got basically for free. Yeah. Uh, so, so I felt justified in buying that, and also because I love The Witcher Three. Like, Witcher Three is a top ten of all time game for me. So I was like, well, they they're just gonna do that, but with guns. How bad could it be? And like, to be clear, mechanically, 
the game is fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's mechanically the game is pretty good. It runs like a dream on PS5 because I did not have any of the glitches or problems that people experience on the completely on the hardware that it should not have been released on morally. <laughs> um, so I my experience was fine. The attitude of that game, the the aesthetic of that world is so ugly and so gross and so cynical, off putting and unwelcoming and cynical that I could not, that I bounced off of it. I was like, I was deep into the story and I like some of the characters a lot. Um, I I felt a real emotion when one of the dudes died and I was like, Oh, I never feel real emotion when a dude (laughs) dies in this game, but it wasn't enough. It, the God, these people do not understand the medium. <laughs> uh, you, go go read uh, some other people's takes on this. All uh, I'll say is... Yeah, the yeah. Polygon review yes. was really good. Exactly. The Polygon review. They got yeah. a trans woman to do it, which is what every single outlet should have done, in my exactly. opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So, fuck Cyberpunk. Um, fuck for, Cyberpunk. Yeah. And also, fuck CD Projekt Red. Um, I, I, I do... It, it fuck all major studios but fuck cdpr for acting like they were the good ones when they clearly have been in, in just, enabling just this grinding bullshit. their employees into the fucking dirt yeah yeah um yeah, yeah, I don't but, know. Like uh, to me, it's like it's very like uh, we're not gonna do cyberpunk discourse for forever. But like to no. me, it is very <laughs> obvious that there are some fucking crypto fascists running that company. Like yeah. that's it. That's that's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, and I also I I no longer am at all willing to accept the 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 shit of like well the 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 weird stuff comes from their social media team. It's, it's like, like who hires the social media team? Give yeah. shit. That shit. Yeah, that <laughs> shit. And it stayed like that. You know, yeah. no one got fired for being transphobic online there. Yeah. So it's, it's clearly I mean, something they don't have a fucking problem with. Is every person who who programmed the the hacking mini game a fascist? No, but like, they, I <laughs> like some of the I'm, some of the rich white dudes that are in charge of that company are definitely fash. Like I am yeah. sure of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have any honorable mention. I already mentioned Super Monkey Ball Two, the best game of all time. Uh, God. Well, yep. That was that was Shout more out. last year for me than this year. I played more Monkey Ball last year. Here's all I'll say about Monkey Ball. I I didn't play this game growing up, even though it was on the console that I owned and coming out in the period where I was playing a lot of games. I played no Super Monkey Ball 2 at all as a child, but I played it for the first time when I was, like, 22, and it's one of my favorite games of all time. That's how fucking good Super Monkey Ball is. Go, yep. get, get on Vim's Lair, get Dolphin, <laughs> play some fucking... I've never played Monkey Ball on a CRT, ever. I've only ever played it in an emulator. Like, oh, I, I played most of it on a CRT. It, it's like sex. It's yeah. great. I mean, that game fucking slaps. Like, the it's you yeah. you want to talk about instant restart in a game that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and a game that teaches you how to how to speed run? Play some fucking Super Monkey Ball Goddamn oh, 2. What a good game. I was just going to say, speaking of speed run, uh, the, my final, final, final uh, honorable mention is watching speed runs on YouTube. This could be a whole episode. <laughs> so we're, so I really even regret bringing it up because yeah, so, we're we going to get tempted. Like a GDQ episode at some point we or something really, like that. I don't know. Oh yeah, God, like we really so, something, we really some kind of speed run episode. We'll have to go watch that. Super Monkey Ball Two speed run from AGDQ 2017. Yeah, go watch, go watch, uh, go watch Helix's run. Yes. that was a really fucking cool one. And 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 the PM community gets tons of shoutouts in that in yes. that video, which is uh, cool. so good. Um, 
I think I think that's going to do it for this extremely long, but for the longest podcast we have ever recorded ever. <laughs> we we well we've been holding back talking about video games and then we finally you know blew our metaphorical load yeah. on this one episode so here we are yeah now you know video that games I, that i'm a boomer uh and uh mark uh <laughs> i'm 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 still i'm not cynical enough to to not occasionally spend 70 dollars on a video game but i'm getting there That's yeah like I'm, I'm thinking about the games that i played paid full price for this year and it's like pokemon let's go pikachu <laughs> which i played a lot of i play i actually played through pokemon sword twice this year i guess that would be my other honorable mention pokemon sword is actually one of my favorite pokemon games a lot of people were like pretty whatevs about that game but like let me tell you you can be a cute lesbian in that game and there's a lot of guys to catch and those are the only two things that i really care about that much and yep. they nailed those two things so i yeah i don't know i personally really liked pokemon sword mm-hmm. yeah um Video games. Video. Where can people find the podcast on the internet? <laughs> oh shit! I don't have this memorized. Let me see. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you can find the podcast at Cartridge Cinema. That's at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. Uh, join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. If you want to ramble about video games, you can do that in the Discord because <laughs> uh, we don't really do that on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You know where it's at. You can also listen to us on your favorite podcasting app. Music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. Fuck CD Projekt Red. <laughs> yeah, fuck cops. Don't join the military. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Kamala Harris. This has been a long-ass episode, so yeah. we're going to close it out. Peace. Bye. Bye. See you next year. <laughs> Hell yeah. Damn. That's a, that's a- <laughs> that was so much longer than I thought we were going to go. <laughs> It's like that is a that is like an hour and fifteen minute podcast right there. <laughs>